0: Not long ago, to get online, you had to use a phone line. In fact, in the mid-90s, it was thought that the internet would never pose a challenge for the newspaper business because honestly, it would take over a minute to download a page, and it took only seconds to open a newspaper. That all changed pretty quickly. Now, we're standing on the precipice of a new era and new technology that could redefine our economic legal, financial, and political systems as we know them. And yet, it's not so new. It was first actually created over a decade ago. What are we talking about? The blockchain. It's the fundamental technology on which all things crypto are built with the potential to become the bedrock of worldwide record keeping systems where anything of value from money to contracts, your mortgage to music, art, and even your vote can become a digital asset, managed, transacted, moved, and stored securely peer to peer. The easiest way to think about it is just like email out computers to talk to each other through messages. Crypto, like Bitcoin built on the blockchain, allow for seamless, secure, decentralized transactions to happen in the blink of an eye. Think about it this way. In 2022, we're about to shift from dial-up to 5G. That's where we're headed, and the blockchain will make that possible. From Matrix Mortgage Global, this is Crypto House, a place where we break down all things crypto in a way that's easy to understand. I'm your host, Sean Allen, the founder of Matrix Mortgage Global, and we're the first mortgage company in Canada to accept cryptocurrency, not only as an asset, but as a form of payment. In the crypto house, there are many rooms to discover, and we're stepping into each one of them. Brick by brick, we'll give you the foundation you'll need to feel confident and knowledgeable in the crypto conversation. Plus, we'll uncover how crypto is changing the very fabric of our systems that surround us. Whether you're a first-time visitor or you feel at home in crypto, there's something here for everyone, and the door is wide open. Before we even talk about crypto, we really need to understand the blockchain. Where did it come from? What does it do? And why does it have the power to change the world as we know it? So. Let's start at the beginning. Because despite the many YouTube videos and TikTok sayings trying to sell you the latest NFTs or cryptocurrency, the reality is not many people know about the blockchain or its mysterious origins. For that, we got to take it back. We got to take it way back to 2008. Yes, we can. Ah, uh, yes. The US just elected their first black president. And everyone was still sorting through the rubble of the stock market crash and the subprime mortgage crisis, which left many out in the cold. Apple shares were just getting hammered this morning.
1: We're down by between 3 and 4.5% generally across these markets. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. We're red everywhere essentially, down by 4, 5%. We're down over 16%. Dow at the same time has fallen about 18%. The stock market is now down 21 percent because we're now down 43 percent. It was the worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987.
0: Meanwhile, Satoshi Nakamoto quietly developed and released the first blockchain database, followed shortly by the registered domain of Bitcoin.org. Looking back at it today, it will forever be known as the monumental accomplishment. But how is it that everyone knows Bitcoin, but nobody's heard of Satoshi Nakamoto? Well, that's because no one knows who Satoshi Nakamoto is or was.
1: One of the biggest mysteries in the technology world is the identity of Satoshi Nakamoto. Newsweek reports that
0: he is a mastermind behind Bitcoin. Were they a genius savant who successfully kept all personal records, photos, or digital fingerprints off the web? Or was Satoshi Nakamoto a pseudonym for a group of collaborators in the development of the technology? While there's countless speculation, the fact remains no one knows for sure. What we do know, however, is that Satoshi Nakamoto originally conceived, designed, and released blockchain and the Bitcoin application due to the alleged frustrations with the economic instability caused by fractional reserve banking. In one word, corruption. From the initial release of their peer-to-peer electric cash system in 2008 to around mid-2010, it was said that they worked with collaborators around the world on the development and progression of the Bitcoin software doing all source code modifications themselves. Then, abruptly, for reasons unknown, Satoshi Nakamoto essentially handed the keys over to some of the prominent members of the Bitcoin community and then vanished. No one's heard from Satoshi Nakamoto since, though the occasional hoaxer has cropped up from time to time trying to stake claim. And who could blame them? There's a fortune to be had. As of this recording, Satoshi Nakamoto owns an estimated 750 to 1.1 million bitcoins, putting their net worth close to 40 billion U.S. dollars.
1: Clients don't want to be sold. They want to be educated. Matrix Mortgage Global, Canada's mortgage company, can help you secure financing for your most difficult deal. Self-employed, operate a small business, refinancing, or using cryptocurrency, we have a solution for you. Their award-winning advisors will cater to your unique situation. Approved in minutes, let Matrix Mortgage Global help you navigate
0: the mortgage process. Visit matrixmortgageglobal.ca or call 855-55-FUNDS. So now that we know where blockchain came from, let me introduce you to my friend, Russell Kors. He's the co-founder and CEO of Easy Exchange, a platform whose goal is to educate and make buying, selling, and trading cryptocurrency easy and safe. He's been called a blockchain visionary and cryptocurrency evangelist, so he's the perfect guy to help us start at the beginning with what is the blockchain. Okay, so the the easiest way for somebody that really
1: doesn't know, you know, almost everybody has heard the term for for a while now, but uh, uh, most people don't really understand exactly what it is. And the simplest way to think about it is to think of the blockchain as literally a chain of blocks. And these blocks contain transaction records. So when you send Bitcoin to somebody, uh, that transaction is recorded on a block And every 10 minutes in the case of block in the case of Bitcoin, other blockchains are some are faster, some are slower. But with with Bitcoin, every 10 minutes, a new block is added to the chain. But the key is that once it's added, it's locked in place sequentially. So when another block gets added after it, that data that's on that block becomes immutable, which means it can never be altered or deleted. It is completely free of fraud, corruption, manipulation or even just honest mistake. So you know with absolute certainty that you can rely on the validity of that data. And and that's really the key is that this is what allows the peer-to-peer decentralized transactions without a trusted third party is because there is immutability and there's also transparency. So the blockchain is a public ledger. You can think of it as as a database that's on the Internet that is visible by anyone at any time. So... When you you think from a practical standpoint, you know, you can send Bitcoin to a complete stranger over the Internet, halfway around the world, and you can do it directly, peer-to-peer, without a bank, without Western Union, without PayPal to verify the transaction. Essentially, the digital equivalent of putting cash in an envelope and sending it to someone. And yet, you can have complete confidence in the validity of that transaction. So, you cannot claim to have sent it if you didn't. The other party cannot claim to not have received it if they did, because both of you can go onto the blockchain directly and view the confirmed transaction for yourselves. So this creates a a trustless environment, which means that the concept of trust doesn't even enter into the equation. You know, when, when lying becomes impossible, trust becomes unnecessary.
0: As Russell said. The blockchain is really best thought of as a database that stores digital information across a computer network. Usually, a database structures the information to tables, whereas a blockchain, like its name implies, structures the data into blocks that are strung together. When a block is filled, it is set in stone, and it's linked to the next one that is being filled with even more data. Each block in the chain, hence the word blockchain, is given an exact timestamp when it was added to the chain. This allows digital information to be recorded and distributed, however, not edited. Essentially, blockchain creates and shares an irrefutable public record that is inherently secure. Secure in that it removes any need for trust in a transaction because no record could ever be added or changed without the approval of the transaction's participants. Yeah, so the blockchain
1: uh, is is uh, decentralized. So again, in the case of Bitcoin, it being the, the largest blockchain, uh, the largest network. There are literally millions of computers around the world that have a copy of the blockchain. And every time, every 10 minutes, a new block is added. Every version gets updated. And this is what allows um, the, the immutability. Because if somebody goes in and tries to alter one of the records in the blockchain, everyone else will see that this is an invalid record. It basically goes by consensus. So effectively, the only way... Uh, And and this is the reason why Bitcoin has never been hacked, uh, the the blockchain directly, uh, is because you would need to take control of 51% of all of the computing power in the world that that is on the blockchain network, uh, on the Bitcoin network, in order to put through a, a false record. Uh, because then you would have consensus. But that requires billions and billions of dollars today of computing power, and it's just not possible for any individual or entity to do. Um, And that's what gives you some of the security, is is the fact that it is decentralized and spread across millions of computers around the world.
0: Once you start to grasp the basic functions of blockchain technology, suddenly all the excitement around it starts to make more sense. But, that doesn't necessarily translate into an overnight global adoption. That's really understandable. Blockchain technology and crypto are foundational technologies that have the potential to shape our entire economic and social systems. And the implementation of something this complex and grand in scale is likely going to take years, maybe even decades to accomplish. But there are ways to speed up the process, like when big publicly recognized names into the discussion. For instance, JP Morgan and the NASDAQ have begun working with blockchain developers. Even the Staples Center in Los Angeles being purchased and renamed Crypto.com Arena is important for bringing more general awareness to the public. And while this doesn't necessarily mean that blockchain and crypto have gone mainstream, it certainly means that things are going in the right direction. The reality is, there's still hundreds of millions of people right now who could care less, and it's going to take time for them to come around. But like anything new, there's a select few, like you, who are interested and even fewer still, who have devoted time to become experts and are all in. In order to really understand blockchain's potential and how the world will change because of it, you soon realize that it's something to be trusted and not feared.
1: The, the term trustless is difficult, is not something that people are familiar with. So, you know, it's sometimes easier to say that you can trust a Bitcoin transaction. But again, it's it's going back to the fact that you don't have to trust it. It is it is immutable and it's transparent. So there's no trust even involved. And that's a very, very powerful thing. If you think about the fact that, you know, Bitcoin is issued not by a central bank, not by a government, not by any organization. There is no hierarchical, uh, you know, org structure. To there's no Bitcoin corporation. Uh, it is it is uh, autonomous. It is decentralized. It is peer to peer, and it's borderless as well. So there's no issues. I mean, this the whole point is that n- there, there's no single entity, ind- group of individuals, or or organizations that can control bitcoin and that's an incredibly powerful thing and we see that you know there's the, the term fiat which so all government issued currency like US dollars, Canadian dollars, you know British pounds etc are all fiat currency. The word fiat comes from the Latin and it means a decree. So it's essentially, you know, back in the day a king would say this has value because I say it does. It's essentially the promise of a, of a government. But as we know, governments often break their promises and you only have to look, ask any citizen of, of Zimbabwe or Venezuela or Cyprus uh, to see what can actually happen in the real world when government fiscal policy collapses. And, you know, again, that's where Bitcoin with a fixed, finite supply, there's no—you cannot print it. Uh, you know that nobody can control the the how much is in circulation. We know exactly; it's all controlled by math and by algorithms. Uh, we know exactly how much there is, how much there will be, uh, how fast it's issued, and um, and again, that creates some certainty that fiat currencies just cannot offer.
0: Now, trust decentralized. Um, you know, borderless; those are all great benefits. What other benefits are there of, for the technology?
1: Well, it's very powerful when you think about uh, you know this this idea of immutability and uh, the the inability to alter records after the fact. Um, you know, the, this this idea of of uh, being absolutely certain that when you're looking at data that it is accurate and it is credible and it hasn't been altered. And when you think about various industries, you know, obviously in the art world, uh, even with all of their acclaimed experts, Christie's and Sotheby's, I I think I read somewhere up to 40% of all of the art that they sell is, they inadvertently end up selling forgeries. Um, And when you have the ability... Yeah, it's 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 very prevalent. I mean, um, you know, I guess it's it's always a cat and mouse game between the the uh, authenticators and the scammers, but the scammers t- typically are usually one step ahead. So, you know, having the ability to register provenance of art on the blockchain gives you guaranteed authenticity. It gives you guaranteed scarcity, and it gives you guaranteed ownership. Um, and and again, that's very very powerful. Uh, disruptive capability in the art world, and that's why you've seen art be one of the first natural use cases for NFTs and for blockchain.
0: Now, let's stop right there for a second. In fact, Christie's contemporary art specialist, Noah Davis, told Yahoo News that their NFT art auction back in 2021 saw bids for artwork skyrocket from $100 to almost $70 million for a collage of work by Beeple, also known as Michael Winkleman. And we'll talk more about NFTs in future episodes of Crypto House. But Russell, what are some of the other real-world applications of the blockchain? Supply chain uh, is another excellent
1: use case and especially around food production and, and distribution where we have, you know, an E. coli outbreak in a, in a patch of cauliflower and uh, they end up having to destroy, you know, a million pounds of cauliflower around the country because they can't isolate where the outbreak occurred. But if you if you record everything onto the blockchain from farm to store, then you would be able to isolate. You would have that information. Uh, and And again, it's it's it's. Eminently verifiable and and um, uh, reliable. Um, obviously, we're working on on uh, mortgages. Uh, that's a that's a phenomenal uh, industry, ripe for disruption. And you know, if you think about it, every piece of real estate on earth is non fungible. You know, every plot of land is unique, at least in terms of the. GPS coordinates and and even in a subdivision, if you have plots of land all the same size all in a row, they can still have different value because some could have some could back onto a swamp, some could back onto a ravine and some could have diamonds or oil underneath so they can have dramatically different value. So, you know, and and registering ownership uh, of real estate, of land on the blockchain, being able to verify ownership, you know, again, in North America... The, the, the system we're creating is going to mean a much more efficient, more secure and more privacy focused process. But in many parts of the world, the difference is going to be much more profound where there's a lot of fraud or corruption or where there's everything is stored on paper. You know, you think yeah. about a government office gets flooded, all the paperwork gets destroyed and then good luck proving you own the land you live on. Well, with blockchain, you
0: said you went somewhere that they were they were doing land in paper. And I was in Cambodia, same type of vibe. Everything was on paper. Everything right, up in so, Malta. And Malta, to there you
1: Island go. And they still I have a friend who lives in Malta and it took him three months to purchase a house. And most of that was in title searches and 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 you know uh, boundaries and verifying like all the information that again, if it was on blockchain, could could have been done in in a minute and it took three months.
0: <laughs> wow, wow. So art so supply chain. Um, you know, mortgages, which we're going to get into later in, in, in another podcast, but there's a lot of potential use cases for blockchain technology, health as well as another one mm-hmm. that I'm a big proponent of Um Because, you know, medical malpractice or medical misdiagnosis is actually the number three killer in the world. So that's just some food for thought there. And getting all of those medical records on the blockchain. Imagine, you know, traveling internationally and and your records are stored on the blockchain. It it, Mm -hmm. it improves tremendous value, um, you know, having that information stored there. So just some good information. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you for coming in and talking about this. Thank you. Now, that was a lot of great information for people getting into the space. Russell Khoris is the CEO of Easy Exchange and publishes the Easy Academy at easy 365io You can follow him on Twitter at Russell Chorus. Okay, now that we have the foundational understanding of the blockchain, we'll talk more about the exciting aspects of crypto in future episodes, from NFTs, the big players, big coins, Altcoins, smart contracts, and more. And we got so much more to explore in the next episode of Crypto House. And now for my two cents. If you're looking for a great read and to find out more about the foundation of crypto, check out Bitcoin, a peer to peer electronic cash system written by Satoshi Nakamoto. We'll post the link in the show's notes. Thank you for joining us today on Crypto House. The Crypto House is a crypto education podcast from Matrix Mortgage Global and is produced by CuriousCast Podcast Network, podcast for curious minds. I'm your host, Sean Allen. Until next time, thanks again for stopping by. Come back soon. You're always welcome here at The Crypto House.